0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Strong Podcast. We are your hosts, Eddie and Sally McRae, and we are so grateful that you have decided to push play on today's episode. We know that you're going to enjoy it because today we are talking all about running and I'm going to put a little emphasis on Eddie's current training and how we have trained him through injury. Now, typically a a coach, a PT, a doctor is going to say, don't train through injury. Um, So I guess another way to put this is we are training through pain, pain that um, doesn't matter if you sit, rest, or move, which for some people who have chronic pain, uh, one of the ways that we communicate with people that live in chronic pain is you you have to learn to live with it. You have to learn to have it be a part of your daily life, and then you choose what it is that you want to do. And so we're going to dive a little bit into what that has looked like for Eddie. Um, thankfully he is improving day by day, very, very slowly as far as that, that, um, nerve pain goes, but I am grateful to know that it hasn't gotten worse and you've been able to put in some training and you have the surf city half marathon coming up this weekend. Uh, we also want to just take some time to give special shout outs to, you in our Choose Strong community, those who have left some reviews, um, but also those who are putting the work in. And I know that's something that's really important to us that we take the time um, and talk about. So that's gonna be, Eddie, I don't know if we've given a name as far as the slot goes, like.
1: No, I think it's, I don't know, shout outs. Just giving some people some love, right? Strong shout outs. Some strong shout outs, yeah.
0: I I like that, something like that. And then the people that are doing the work, Um, yeah we'll come up with something. Yeah. We also got our dog making an appearance today. He's uh, rolling around on the ground right now with his bone. So if if you hear something in the background, it's probably Bear. Although these microphones are so good, I feel like it has blocked out that noise. Yeah. Whenever we podcast, he does he's like a baby. He is. He does not like to be left alone anywhere in the house and so if Eddie and I go into a room and we close the door he will scratch and cry <laughs> outside so yep. he usually comes in and um, and plays around on the floor <laughs> it's really sweet
1: yep another baby in the fam we're
0: matching Ed
1: I know I noticed that
0: how cute is that we both got our uh, representing do the work sweatshirts on
1: do the work I got me some golden rod yellow and you got your your classic black looks good
0: yeah, you want to talk about our, our shop? What we're doing this the weekend? merch shop? Yes,
1: this weekend little flash sale. Got some, uh, we got some new items dropping into the store, and they're gonna be uh, on sale. And uh, man, they're pretty cool. We were just looking at them today, and pretty pumped. So this weekend, keep your eye out. And if you are listening to this episode. Three weeks from now, you missed out. You gotta be current. <laughs> you gotta be current on these episodes because if you are, you get you get to hear about the sales. You get to hear about the hat giveaways. But if you're three episodes behind,
0: yeah, you know what?
1: Maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> what are the
0: new things in the shop? What's going so on? So
1: we got some. Well, we got lanyards coming, and we got some uh, joggers. Right, those little sweats, those are pretty cool. Got the do the work joggers. We got, uh, we got the, um, what are they called? The, not the, they're not zip ups. Yeah, there's a z- windbreaker. A yeah, windbreaker, right. yeah, those look pretty cool. Those look really cool. And uh, we got some black windbreakers with some yellow riding, it's gonna look cool.
0: Sticker
2: pack. Uh,
1: sticker pack, that's right. Stickers are gonna be uh, coming in, put them on your, uh, your water bottles mm-hmm. and uh, your laptops. And what else have we got in the shop coming? I think well, that's all Well, my remember.
2: favorite
0: thing is oh, yes. the Do the Work shirt with the lion. The lion, yes. I love the lion. That is um, – I know we released a lot of stuff with the skeleton on it uh, for Do the Work Until You Die. And we are releasing Do the Work um, with the lion in the future. We're also going to do it with the Choose Strong. We have had some questions, uh, quite a few in the community. People want to know when the Choose Strong Merch will come out, and that is rolling out. We are working with the most legit designer on some new stuff, some branding. We're very stoked about the McRae brand logo. Yeah, um, that was just recently designed. So, yeah, we are in full swing of of merch, but like we want to create some stuff that's like cool that everyone would want to wear, not just on the trails, but around. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all about spreading a really positive, uplifting, encouraging message, um, both in strength and consistently putting in work. I think that's something that I know I have to remind myself every single day. And so being able to create this gear around that is really exciting. And it's been so fun to be tagged on the daily of everyone's wearing it yeah so cool. um for those of you listening that have tagged the choose strong podcast we really appreciate that it's so fun for us to see you guys sporting all of you know all of the gear i do need to make a note about the yellow hat um the pre-order ended the hat will come again and wave so um it's not gone forever it, it will be several months though before you see it again on the shop other hats will be coming though before it that the pre-order for the next wave of of uh the nike choose strong hat will come out so um keep checking back on the store you can get alerts on the store all links you can always find in my instagram profile but you know Salamacray.com um is always the best way to find all the links eddie let's go ahead and say hello to everyone that has joined us we have a lot of people that have just started their workout, and I thought maybe you could take a moment to give them some encouragement. I usually put on the coach's hat, but you're, you're pretty good at it, too. I hear the way you talk to our kids. Well, what do and I so, say?
1: I'm trying to think. Like
0: uh, I, You're very encouraging to both the kids.
1: I am, but uh, okay. So If you just started out, I see you. We see you. Yes. And you are putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And that is what counts. Why does it look like you're to start laughing out? right now? <laughs> I don't because know. you are. There you go.
0: There's your encouragement, guys. Eddie's laughing I at you. I'm not laughing at you.
1: <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. Uh, you know what? Good for you. You're out there wherever you are. Maybe you're in the gym mm-hmm. and you are putting up some serious weight right now right and i do not want you to you better call over a spot because if you're <laughs> gonna laugh i don't want that falling on your chest <laughs> uh getting your reps in i like it uh and yeah Speaking just of
0: putting in reps in yesterday i walked into the gym i'll have to admit i'm a part of three gyms um i gotta change it up yeah and i walked into the gym within five minutes i'm sitting on a bench and this guy comes walking up to me and he shows me his screen on his phone and it's our podcast. He's like, Let's go. I'm literally listening to you right now. That's and so you cool. just sat next to me. It was awesome. That so awesome. I didn't get to meet this guy because he, w- he was very brief about it. And then he just continued training and he had headphones on. Yeah, Whoever you are uh, that was at my gym. Um, thank you for introducing yourself and-, and saying hello. Well, actually, you didn't introduce yourself. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Yeah. And maybe I will get to meet you. Um, next, in a more formal way yeah next, next workout but session yeah I love that that was that's, that that's was cool super encouraging so for those of you that have just started the run um yes I I think I I do need to say well done on showing up yep. you need to know that every little bit of work that you put in matters and today your work matters and we want to give a shout to our youth. So all the kids, what is up? Thank you for joining in with your parents today and sitting through another episode of the cheese Strong Podcast. Yes, let's go. We love the youth. We love the kiddos. You can
1: um, use this podcast as an excuse to not do your homework for a little bit.
0: Oh. You know? Don't tell your
1: parents <laughs> I said that. <laughs>
0: I love it. Well, let's dive into the meat of this podcast. We are going to be no, discussing. No, we're going
1: we're gonna to not dive in yet. We're going to oh, do yeah. some shout outs. <laughs> yeah. So we got some two strong podcast shout outs that I got. Uh, two of them. I'm going to read two of them. And they're both from uh, YouTube. So the first one is from Ghost Hound 818. All right. He or she said I had an eight and a half mile run yesterday and I bonked hard at seven miles. I kept telling myself, just remember Sally. <laughs> and it kept me positive and pushing till the end. Sharing your life through your book and your Choose Strong podcast has helped me get through many tough times in the past year. And it always reminds me that I'm strong no matter the circumstances. Thank you for all you and Eddie do. You two make this world a better place. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. Eight and a half mile run and bonked at seven, and just said, "You know what? What would Sally do in this situation? She would push through." And uh, yeah, they finished it. I like that. Appreciate
0: you sharing that, Eddie. Why do you think people bonk? I've I've bonked two miles in. To a run, yeah. I just want to know if you know what that means. I'm thinking you're embarking on the marathon distance.
1: I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> the reason you bonk. It can't it be a number of things. Like if you're yeah. like, hey, I didn't get enough sleep last night. I'm tired, mm-hmm. and I'm putting my body through something strenuous. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna tap out soon, right? Mm-hmm. Other than later, or it's food nutrition stuff, right? Yeah, like, that's that's most often. Okay. It's,
0: it's usually um, it's fatigue or. Depletion.
1: I guess, yeah, if you're seven miles in, that would make sense. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and if, you know, the seven miles that could have been on trails or there's a lot of climbing. But I know if you start a run and, you know, for some of us, when we get up, it's the first thing we do. And so breakfast doesn't always sound good. Yeah. You know, that idea of like, hey, I'm going to dive into a big bowl of oatmeal. Like that doesn't always sound good. Yeah. And so for many runners, they – they get up, might might get down a cup of coffee or a glass of water or something. Um and then they're just out the door. Yeah. Depending on, on what you ate for dinner that night before.
2: Yep. Or That's if true. you
0: ate well. You know, some people will have a light dinner or um then you're just in this massive calorie deficit. And so you can start running and be like, Wow, I'm really hungry. I'm not getting that fuel that I need. That the bowl of lucky
1: gets- charms is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So it can be that it can be, um, hydration, just overall, you know, fatigue or it's hard to focus. It's hard to like, and it's real. I mean, bonking is real. This, this doesn't have to do, um, necessarily with your fitness, with how fit you are. It has to do with getting those calories in, making sure you're feeling the mind and the muscles, Mm -hmm. um, to keep pushing forward. So, um, on that topic. I like to encourage those that have maybe the more sensitive stomach in the morning, or that just are not feeling eating anything, grab a liquid calorie drink that has some carbs, maybe some electrolytes in it, um, and bring that with you. You will feel better on your run if you're going. If you know that you're going to be out for longer than 60 to 90 minutes, that's when you should start taking in some calories just to make sure that you're you're fueling your run to be the best that you can be. So I know it gets tricky because certain people are are doing like these diets where they do intermittent fasting or they don't have breakfast till 10 a.m. And, um, you know, other people re- are really trying to keep track of the sugar and carb count and calorie count. And so sometimes they feel that the sports nutrition throws that off. And I always lean into focus on your workout as a standalone thing. What does your workout need in order for you to stay strong every single step? Don't look at what you're consuming in your workout as, oh great, now I can't have breakfast, or you know now I have to cut the calories, because you will perform better when your body has fuel in it. You will then be able to put out a better energy output, better intensity, especially if that's what you're going for. So food is is fuel. But if you are planning on doing something that's longer to 69 minutes, you got to have a plan in place to, you know, to take something in.
1: So this guy, this guy Mm -hmm. or girl bonked at seven Mm -hmm. and almost, you know, got to their eight and a half or I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, they did get uh, you said when you bonk at like say you got an eight mile run and you're like bonked, you bonked at two. Yeah. Like, what do you do in that situation? Maybe you don't have fuel nutrition. Like, yeah. do you just tap out and say, you know what, maybe next time. I'll, I'll share personal tomorrow.
0: stuff that I've done because there's a variety of things that I've done. I have driven out to the Laguna Canyons before, and I've been a couple miles in, and I've turned around and gone back to my car. Like, that's how bad so the So you just stop. Is. Yeah, where I just know there is... This isn't an efficient workout, and I'm going to have to come back to it another part of the day. I mean, I've done things where I've gone back to the car, I've eaten something, and then I go and try again. Coming back from bonking, much respect for this person that wrote in, is really difficult, especially in a race. Hmm. It's really, really hard to bounce back when you have completely bonked. I mean, your mind is fuzzy. You might be a little bit dizzy. For some people, they get nauseous. Energy just feels depleted from head, uh, depleted from head to toe. And so, what you can do if that happens, to you in a race, especially in ultras, is you got to get to an aid station or um, hopefully you have a pack that has food in it. Slow down so that the you know you're not trying to push out all push, this extra energy. Yeah slow down and start fueling just keep on getting that fuel in and then as that energy comes back to you just keep fueling keep fueling make sure your hydration is is there it doesn't mean that you have to stop or all hope is lost or that you can't reach the goal that you did you just have to use that 30 minutes to to regain that energy again um but you know i have i've had teammates before that are like they they bonk so bad the race was over they're mm-hmm. like it just I wasn't able to do what I want to do. So now I'm going to go sign up for another race and, and try again. Like that's how bad the bonk was. So, um, there have been other times like this person who wrote in where I have been maybe 15 miles into a 30 mile run. And I realize, oh my gosh, I didn't bring enough calories with me. And, you know, bonking and mental toughness um, they tend to hit heads Mm -hmm. because we can beat ourselves up because we just feel like, wow, I know I'm really fit. Um, I know I'm mentally tough, but this bonk is so bad. It's really hard to move. And so what I've done where the, if I have bonked like mile 15 in a 30 mile run is I've had to slow down the overall workout and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do a hike run, hike run until I'm able to like get back up on calories till I can feel a little bit better and really just do the best with what I have. And I, I chalk that up to a lesson. I think it's really good to feel that and learn that in training. Um, it can be frustrating if you really planned on having a good workout, but you learn that it was valuable because now you're not gonna do that on race day. Mm-hmm. And so every time that I've bonked, I've known exactly why I did. And most often than not, it's because I didn't have enough calories with me. Um, I I did not do my hydration right, you know, electrolytes and things like that. And so I just learned to be better at that.
1: Yeah. So let's say that's a training run and it's like, I don't know, 10 to 15 mile training run and Mm -hmm. someone's bonking at two or three miles in. Is it Mm -hmm. better to throw in the hat like you have before and Mm -hmm. yeah i'll come back tomorrow because it's not going to be an efficient Mm -hmm. workout or do you kind of trudge through and try to just finish even though it's not going to be great or does it does it like depend on i think your training
0: yeah that's a great question the the times that i've walked back to my car i've i've went out for the run later in the day so I, I went back home, I ate, or I went and got some food, like mm-hmm. went to a Starbucks and got oatmeal, sat in my car, had oatmeal, coffee. And then, you know, not everyone has that luxury and that, that time frame to do it. Yeah. Obviously it's my job. So for me, I just, I look at it differently. Like this is my job. I need to get a quality run in. I didn't prepare for it. Right. So I need to go fix that. And now I'm going to come back to the trailhead. So, um, that's where I've had to fix the mistake. The other time where I am, I realize, you know, if it's two, three miles, and let's just say it's it's here on the coast, I do slow down and I just I immediately change what the workout is because that goes back to the something is better than nothing, and I've yeah. learned a lesson for the day. So instead of beating myself up, like what's wrong with me? I'm so slow, I'm out of shape, like I feel terrible, like this sucks, I'm going back home. It is okay. Something's going on here. I thought I was going to have a good run. I don't feel great. Um, I was going to do a tempo run, but you know what? I'm just I'm going to slow down my pace and, and we're going to get through this because this could happen in a 10K, but I kind of know what's going on. And I just know that tomorrow I'm going to feel better. I'm going to make sure that my night before a run, that I'm going to have a better dinner. Um, there's a lot of variables that go into it. And so I think if you're an early morning runner, remember that your last meal is very important to what you're doing the next day, depending on what the intensity is. Mm-hmm. So an easy recovery run requires a different type of fueling than a three to four hour long run yeah. in the mountains. Um, it's it's also the same as if you plan to do a hard interval or a tempo workout or a hill repeat. You know, you need some solid carbs for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. you need that fast fuel that's hitting those muscles. That's hard work. So you can typically get away with lower fuel or no fuel. I know some coaches that are like, Hey, if it's 90 minutes or less, all you need is water or all you need is a little bit of electrolytes. Uh, teach your body to be okay on 60, 90 minutes of nothing. And I understand that, especially if it's just a recovery run, most of us can do like really easy pace, chill, enjoy the morning and get home and have breakfast and we're fine. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to your workouts where you're trying to hit a pace, you're trying to hit an intensity, you have to think about what fuel is going to help me perform my best today. What fuel do I need to hit those paces, to get up that mountain, to get out for the long run? Fuel is one of the main reasons why people miss a goal or DNF in a race. It's it, across the board, mm-hmm. half marathon, marathon, and in all ultras. Yeah, You get that wrong, you have stomach issues, nauseous, digestive issues, bonking. Fuel is so important. So practicing it in your training, especially during your workouts, the most prominent one being your long run workout, is crucial and it allows you on race day to stand at the start line in confidence, knowing exactly how you're going to feel and what your body needs.
1: Okay. I got it. I was thinking, as you were saying that, I got a question. How, so like if I go and run for now, granted, I'm not pushing myself, but if I go run for an hour, like I'm good on like a little bit of water at the drinking fountain. Mm-hmm. I don't eat anything, whatever. Mm-hmm. But let's say uh, I go for 15, 16 miles, like, do you just kind of listen to your body? Like, okay, so put put me yeah. in your sh- Like, wait, you in my shoes. Okay, mm-hmm. so <laughs> as I'm, because I haven't ran that far, right? So if I go like 15, 20 miles, um, do I set a time? Okay, every 30 minutes I should be eating this or should I just listen to my body? i like, oh, I'm starting to feel weak. I need to eat a gel or um, is it like, how, how do I know? I can probably just not eat anything like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. But how do I, you know, does that make sense? Like when do I mm-hmm. eat something and yeah.
0: I am not a scientist. I know that there's a big discussion about, you know, athletes that want to do fat adaptation. Yeah. Um. There's different ways of fueling. So some people will go on these fasted runs and there's a lot of, diverse and conflicting messages out there about that. I I used to try runs like that. And I I, when I would do fasted runs, I would make sure that I was close to like a gas station, grocery store or something. Um, but being in the sport for so long and hearing about these trends and fads and what other people are doing and how can you be better at utilizing uh, fat burning in, you know, in these longer distances, I tried everything. Mm -hmm. And so in my training book, you can look back and see, man, there were mountain runs that I would do on only a hundred calories, five, six hours in the mountains. Mm. I would drink water, um, and like sugar-free electrolyte stuff. That was on um, purpose? On purpose. Yeah because I wanted to see how well I could do on, on no fuel, like what, and you know, the messages that I was hearing was like, that's how you become fat adapted. That's how you become better. Um, and then there's, you know, a lot of messaging around, you know, the no sugar, the no carbs, just high fat. Um, but then there's also high carb athletes and I have tried all of them yeah, and I've worked with several different nutritionists too. Mm -hmm. So, what I have gathered over the years is that there are many diets and ways of feeling that make me feel horrible, but work so well for other people. Yeah. I need to eat. I, I love to eat, but also I, I realize that I, I can't perform my best unless I am continuously eating every hour. That's what I need. I need fuel every hour. Now, what's important here is I'm a 100 to 200 mile. Specialists. Those Mm -hmm. are the distances that I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not interested in depleting my body for 200 miles. I I'm interested in being as strong and fueled as possible. And I think that the body works well when it has fuel in it. Yeah. It's amazing though, because as we learned and showed people in these races, there were times I was going 24 hours with barely even able to get water down Mm -hmm. so i learned a lot about what human bodies are capable of doing like i was like oh my gosh i'm climbing mountains running these distances and i'm vomiting the whole time um and then my body would do a reset and then by the end of the race i'm eating burgers and, and smoothies and getting down every type of nutrition that was out there so this idea that you know we it's not wise to go with with no calories. You are able to. Yeah, it's amazing what we're able to do. Yeah, I always felt better though once I was eating, and one of the places that I felt the best was in my mind. Hmm. Like I could, I like if I didn't have enough calories, my brain was foggy. Yeah, and I couldn't think straight. I would get tired, and I I think that it's finding the right fuel for you. I think there there's too much, like having too much sugar can really cause some problems on your digestive system. I think it can cause crashes. Um, but I think a little bit of sugar in these long races was really helpful because you're you're using it, yeah. you know, so quickly like a furnace. Mm-hmm. Um so someone like you Eddie, if you're you are going to be embarking on your first 15-16 mile run here pretty soon, someone like you, I would say there's there's a couple ways that you can get in fuel and you wanna think about it per hour. Okay. So the fuel that you're getting in per hour. If you already know that you're gonna be out for more than 90 minutes, then you start fueling within 15 minutes of that run. But I always say you count your breakfast. So your breakfast is anywhere between four and 600 calories or maybe even a little bit more than that. Your breakfast also should be timed. You should remember how long before your long run are you gonna eat that breakfast because the calories won't pick that too. So if you get up and you have a big breakfast, two cups of coffee, but you don't run three hours later, well, that you're probably going go to the bathroom in, in between there, maybe even a couple times. Like yeah. you've burned a lot of and used some of that energy already. And so, you know, fifteen twenty minutes before you head out the door have 100 calories and that calories can come in a gel pack, it can come in a bar, it can come in a sports drink, um, but then make it a habit and you can set an alarm on your, most all smartwatches, you're able to set a nutrition alarm now. So if you wear a Garmin, you wear a Coros and it'll just go off. It'll be like, okay, that means I need to take in 50 to 100 calories. Typically, uh, the rule of thumb is between two and 300 calories. Everyone's different.
2: Yeah. Your,
0: your metabolism plays into that, your body size, your shape, all all of that, how you're utilizing those calories. That's like a, a good rule of thumb, two to yeah. 300 calories. I like to get 300 plus in if I can. But I also have a lot of muscle mass. I, I burn calories really fast. Um, and I know over the years I've learned, I just need more calories than, um, than other people do. Mm. And so I've had to learn that on my own. Now, if you wanna get in all those calories at the top of the hour, you can get in all the, to- all the calories at the top of the hour. You can also do every 15 minutes or every 20 minutes or every 30 minutes. Find where your belly is happiest. So so if you have a really sensitive belly, I say, okay, you need to do an IV drip. And that's just little tiny sips. And and this is good for people who get sick in the later stages of a race. Don't think about, oh my gosh, I'm nauseous and I have to get in a whole gel, there is no way. Okay, you're not gonna do that. You're gonna just take back a little bit of the gel and immediately drink some water with it, immediately. And you can get in your calories a lot better. If, if you do that, um, other people, ironclad stomachs. And so they can take back two to three gels an hour or a whole bottle of nutrition an hour. And I think, again, you're going to learn that on your long runs. Everyone is different. It, it is advantageous. And if you do have the funds to do this, you can go get tested in sports labs. They can figure out how many calories you need an hour. They can figure out what your sodium needs are. Um, I think you remember, remember I got my sodium tested before Moab. Yeah. Um, and so you know these little tests can kind of help you zero in on what it is that you need because there are standards that you're going to find and just like i did i just said 200 to 300 calories an hour that's so general yeah and um you know but at i feel like at the minimum that that is what you should be getting in especially if you're running so when you embark on endurance this is actually one of the toughest things for athletes Who are maybe coming out of 5K, 10K, or they're coming out of other sports, Mm -hmm. you know, that have half times and quarters and breaks and sidelines. Yeah. You know, to think about movement for two, three, four, five hours, you need fuel, and that doesn't feel good in the beginning. It's really awkward to carry the food to eat it while you're running. Yeah. Your body isn't naturally going to like that, so you have to train it. Yeah. And the long run is your opportunity to do that. There's nothing more. Um, you know, I know it can be frustrating for really fit athletes, especially they have great fitness, great training, and they're so excited for race day to hit this time, but they failed to practice their nutrition and halfway into their race, they're walking Hmm. only because of nutrition, not because they were fit and weren't consistent. It's, there are so many parts to training that are valuable and there's always something that we can work on, whether it's gear, nutrition, pacing strategy, um, you know, different workouts. You know, doing your PT exercises, your mobility exercises, your strength exercises. I mean, your sleep. There's always something that we can work on, and that will never ever end. So, um, nutrition is one of the most important ones. Your yeah. everyday life nutrition, and then your training nutrition. It all impacts how race day is going to feel for you.
1: Yeah, you said something interesting too, where I mean, we were talking about the other day where one diet is good for one person but it might not be for another how just how our bodies are wired and Mm. created how certain foods just don't go well and Mm -hmm. because we were i was watching that documentary of i love food documentaries but uh the one on netflix where it had um the identical twins and they're feeding them you know the same thing to see how they would react and stuff what was that one called i'm trying to remember yeah i can't remember what it's called uh anyways yeah i just thought of that when um you were talking about the nutrition stuff because it is such like a unique thing right like Mm -hmm. how our bodies will react and, and handle timing and whatever so all right well anyways Shout out to Ghost Town for uh, giving the Choose Strong pod- podcast a shout out. Thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: we do appreciate that. And I, I do want to kind of put a button on that because it is probably one of the most common across all running podcasts, fitness podcasts, nutrition and diet will always be a buzz yeah. topic. And I, I always do my best to convey my stance on that overall topic. And that is I do not adhere to any one diet. Yeah. I just don't believe in that. I also feel like uh it's easy to get caught up in in thinking that that there is superiority in in a diet or how people yeah. eat and um you know a lot of our I mean I know you're learning this in the in that documentary too. It's like for some people like what culture they were yeah. they were raised in They they then either have um, sensitivities to certain foods or Mm -hmm. they they were just never raised to eat those foods. Um, I have friends that were raised vegan; they never ever ate meat their whole life. And then friends that were the other way. It was like that's it was just meat. And um, but then you look at different cultures that just you know that don't eat dairy or don't eat you know certain kinds of, of sweets or fruits or vegetables or certain kinds of meats. And um, I really think that it's so important that we, one, appreciate the food that's available to us. It's such a gift that we get to have food. But two, food should never make us feel bad and it should never be a platform in which we condemn others. Yeah. And, um, and I think a, a piece of that comes from a very personal place. If you've read my book, I talk a lot about that. It's a, um, we were not the family that could go and shop organically. Mm -hmm. And every, a lot of what we ate was processed food. I don't think I even had like real cheese until I worked at a sandwich shop Mm -hmm. and we got to have a free sandwich on our shift. Um, And I didn't even realize there were so many different cheeses, you know? So I think that what was important to me and what I understood was when my mom got sick, the doctors said to her, You need to eliminate all of these things it was pretty much everything that we ate and you need to start juicing and it's vegetables and vegetables and vegetables and just fresh food nothing processed no sugar no this and i remember as a teenager being really angry about that why why didn't i ever know about that Mm. but also knowing that we had a hard time affording all of the things that the doctor you know had told her to eat so i feel like that when it comes to food and nutrition Um, I do take a really strong stance on encouraging people to find the food that works best for them, that makes their bodies feel best, um, and just to do their best with fueling it in a way that's going to help them perform and is going to help them be the best that they can be. And I'm not going to, you know, come on here and tell people that is you know, that's the wrong way to eat. And, you know, you need to eat like me. But I think at the basis of all really good diets, um, is that it's just eliminating stuff that's fake. Yeah. I remember someone put it to me that if it, if it had a mother or it it was, um, grown in the dirt, it's probably healthy for you. It's probably something that's going to work better than, something that was processed in a factory or in mm-hmm. a science lab um you're just gonna feel better eating those things and i thought ah, oh, that is a pretty good rule of thumb yeah. so as, as best you can eat fresh as best you can eat things that are whole and when it comes to your sports nutrition, remember that the goal is to find what works for you that's gonna fuel you to your goals. So if that is a super sugary gel for that half marathon and you're like, dude, that's like rocket fuel for me, it works, do it, Mm -hmm. take that in. If it's a Red Bull, you're like, dude, Red Bull at mile like 18 in a marathon, yes, do it. Um, Keep it personal to you, find what works for you. And I think that it, that will be always an ongoing journey. Cause I know Eddie, you and I have joked about this, how we ate as college athletes. Yeah. We can't eat like that today. Nope. Definitely not. (laughs) We, our bodies have changed. That digestive system has changed. And so we are always evolving in food and what it is that we're discovering. And I know you and I have done diets together Mm -hmm. and, you know, we've experimented with so many different things. And I myself have had so many different nutrition sponsors and Mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure out the sports nutrition thing as well. So to our listeners... I just want to pour out grace on grace. Um, Food should never make you feel ashamed. It should never make you feel bad. And it should be something that is something that we appreciate. It's good, it can fuel you um, because that's what it is. Food is fuel, and it is your key to having a strong workout and a successful race day.
1: All right, moving on to another podcast shout-out. This one is also from YouTube from Audrey Williams. Audrey said, your podcasts are so uplifting. Thank you for sharing your stories and positivity. It has truly helped me to keep doing the work during a hard time in my life when I feel so lost, and the only thing that seems to keep me grounded is running and strength training. Mm -hmm. Shout-out to Audrey. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, Audrey, for sharing that. You know, Eddie, I have gotten just in the last twenty four hours several several very heartfelt messages that were sent to me privately. so I don't always uh-huh. know if I can share read these yeah. I'm not yeah. I can't share the um the people's names, but yeah. people going through hard things, um, mm. losing loved ones um, in the middle of cancer treatments and um in hard relationships. Mm. and I feel like, you know when when people feel like they can reach out to you, when they can reach out to me and share those things. Um, a lot of times the messages are like, "I don't know if you're going to read this, you yeah. know, or if, if you'll ever, if you'll ever see this." I just want to personally say that Eddie and I do our best every single day to read as much. Like we take the time to read as much as we can, and we really appreciate that you feel vulnerable enough to share those things with us, because in so many ways, I I feel like Eddie and I, we've, we have traveled around the world several times, the number of countries that we've been to, the jobs that we've had, the places that we've lived, have allowed us to experience a lot of these things that people... Are talking to us about whether Mm -hmm. directly or indirectly um we just have a huge heart for you guys and we see you and we hear you and we appreciate you um and, and we remember you throughout our days for those of you that pray know that eddie and i do pray for a lot of you guys and we just feel a really strong responsibility to this community. And we're so grateful for it because, um, knowing that you're getting this encouragement from the podcast is literally why we do it. Yep. That is the, the main focus. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. All right. The last two strong podcast shout out comes, uh, it's actually from, from Apple, uh, an Apple review. It's from iRamble. All right. So iRamble says the title is cannot lift without them. <laughs> he or she, says, I used to dread my nighttime strength and mobility sessions, always saving them right before bed, feeling tired and unmotivated. With my new BFFs, Eddie and (laughs) Sally, to hang with, I look forward to this time of growth now full of laughter and inspiration rather than groaning and misery. Choose strong and find joy.
0: (laughs) Wait, what's the handle? I ramble. Okay, I ramble. We are giving you a shout. If you are lifting right now, let's go.
1: Let's go, I ramble. Let's go. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Nail that! Hit well that mobility. Put, well done, putting in the work. Jeez, um, I know for me, I I love a good strength session and mobility session in the gym. But I'll tell you what did did they say that it was a night session? Yes, yeah, it was okay,
1: uh, right before bed. Yeah. feeling tired and yes. unmotivated. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, who, let's all raise our hand for that one. Who My feels hand's up. that at the end of the night, especially if you um, are working. A full time job, yeah. And if you have kids, yep. I know. What's what's the the off time for you, Ed? I know by the time I hit eight, I'm I'm done. Yeah. I am like I'm just in chill, kick my feet up mode. There's no more work. Yeah. There's yeah. like I'm 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 done. Yeah, I'm like nine ish. <laughs> yeah, nine ish. Yeah. I think once uh to then say I'm gonna go and lift in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, so as I read this one, I just thought of. My, I can relate to I ramble because last night, after a full day, you had me go run eight miles, and <laughs> it was a workout. I, yeah, you no, know, it wasn't just like
0: some, some on and off. It was an I on couldn't off just workout.
1: walk it. Let's just no, say that. No. So you had me go run eight miles, and I it was at night, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the to the gym to do this one on the treadmill. So I definitely didn't want to do it. I was obviously a little unmotivated but uh, it wasn't the Chew Strong podcast in my ear, but (laughs) what got me through that that eight miles, and actually a lot quicker than I thought I was going to do it, was I uh, started the Hulu show, Welcome to Rexham. (laughs) Now, that show is amazing. I'm only three episodes in, so I watched three episodes (laughs) in that eight miles.
0: Who recommended Um, that to you? How did you even- A
1: buddy of mine, Brad, that Brad I played, Davies? yeah, Brad Davies. Let's I played, go, Brad. Played soccer with uh, in college. He uh, he he told me that I'd love this. Uh, welcome to Rexham, man. I'm I'm hooked. I am I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm about to get a jersey already. I'm only three episodes in, so. Uh, but that got me through my eight miles last night, kind of like the Choose Strong podcast does for I Ramble, you know. <laughs> anything to
0: get it done. Sometimes That's sometimes right. you do need that external motivation and sometimes a good show is going to help you pan out the miles. Yeah. I am impressed though because I gave you a workout and you actually did the workout faster than I prescribed it. Hey, I nailed so it. I nailed something it. Something about that show. I think you going it's to- the
1: show. It's definitely the show. It's a combination of Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and... And soccer, and it's just it's just right up my alley. You, know? you got a
0: little man crush on
2: the Reynolds? Or? I think,
1: no, everybody everybody says I look like him, and I'm <laughs> funny like him, so I just have huh. this connection. Who's everybody? I don't know. I'm not going to say names, but <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people have been saying that. So oh, anyways. That's
2: interesting. Yep, so hey, I ramble.
1: <laughs> I feel you. Well done getting those uh, mobility and strength sessions at night done. I like it. All right, so let's move into some uh, shout outs to some people that are doing the strong love, strong body, and strong minds. Um, I I chose one, I think you're gonna appreciate these. This one was strong body, all right? This is uh, Mark Albiston. I think that's how you say your last name. Um, He put up some pictures in the Facebook community group. And he said his title was Running Disrupted with House Move but Staying Strong with All the Demolition. And he has like five pictures of just an absolute just tornado rip through this guy's house. Like he's demolished everything as he's remodeling or something. But, uh, man, that takes a strong body to to do the training, to work, to go through your day, and then to deal with that. Um, I mean, these are some extreme pictures and uh we've we've been there we've been we've been the in the renovation uh world before and trying to run and trying to to work and so we feel you mark strong body for sure um he put well the done.
0: pictures up in the Facebook page yeah I need to check those out yeah, it's I, pretty good mark is his name mark yeah mark I love renovating and yeah it is that is on Eddie, it's on our dream list to our bucket list. Yes.
1: Wait, what is to renovate?
0: To get a little place, a little piece of junk of a house, and renovate it.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you and we I, yeah.
0: I I love the renovation. Now that we've living living in them, though, it is hard. That's a nightmare, especially if you have children, pets. The it it's just you wake up and that's what you see. Yeah. You see everything out of place. Yep. You see everything incomplete and it's dusty and dirty and and it feels kind of like a burden on your shoulders like this is gonna take a long time it's not just it's not like sweeping up the floor in your kitchen and doing the dishes yeah. at the end of the night this is it's months of of work yeah and so we we commend you getting in the training with that is very difficult yeah. and i remember when we moved to bend we ripped our house up right away It was August twenty twenty. Yep. And it wasn't until the end of November that's when you finished the fireplace. Yep. And end of November is when we actually got a couch.
1: Yeah,
2: you're right.
0: Yeah. We had so it was like, you know, a solid three, three and a half months of just a torn-up home. Just standing. (laughs) We'd watch TV just standing. We'd sit on the ladder. People
1: looking in the window like, the new neighbors are weird. They are
0: really weird.
1: <laughs> they just stand. watch. The- <laughs> oh.
0: No, but that's that's big shout yeah. for that. So
1: well done, Mark. We see you, buddy. Good job. All right. The last one, I chose this one, Strong Love. And I, I really, really like this one because I, I see how Strong Love can work in here twice. So this is from Mindy Laundry. OMG, the best day ever. My hat and my hoodie came. She's got a picture of her wearing the Sally hat. And my husband surprised me with a plant I had been wanting. (laughs) Yes, it's huge. She's standing in front of this huge, huge plant. I am certain that this hat will make me so much faster when I run tomorrow. So I thought, hey, this is strong love. She's got a strong love for the hat and for the hoodie. But let's talk about her husband surprising her with a giant plant. Now that is some strong love from him to her. So shout out to Mindy's husband for uh, surprising her with a, uh, a plant. So that brings me to another question. Sally, what is the best surprise that I have ever given you?
0: Oh my are you God. you ready for that? I, I, wow. That caught me by surprise. I know cause. I'm going to be honest. Okay. You are so good at at just bringing me surprises throughout the week.
2: Yeah, I am. You know Wh- you are. What do I do? <laughs>
0: well, I can't I've lost count of how many times I will be at my computer working. Yeah. And you walk through the door with a hot coffee or yeah. some or something that I love to eat. That I mean, that is my love language, food and drink. You've heard of americanos. Talk about it. Yeah, a lot can't of hot americanos wrong. or uh, breakfast burrito, or oh, so good. we love Jan's, yeah. Jan's health, health Food bar. bar. Yeah. Oh, they have such good soup and wraps. And yeah, you're let's go there in a little bit. Actually. I know. <laughs> 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 I was just gonna say, wait, we let's go there. That sounds good. Now <laughs> when you think about that. That's like when you start talking about what you're gonna eat at the l- end of a long run when you're out running with your friends. <laughs> and if you are running right now, I'm sorry, but honestly, like, what are you gonna eat when you're done running? Um,
1: Some of that hot <laughs> soup. On a cold oh day. My gosh. Oh my
0: god. Hot soup on a cold day. And we the have some. Brock cheddar. Oh. Can can we just be honest with chowder. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and some
1: soft bread. Oh. So good.
0: <laughs> Eddie's got a long list apparently. But what our our favorite coffee house in Huntington Beach is the corner market. Yeah. It's a, a mom and pop shop that's nestled inside. A neighborhood. So you. I love it because it's primarily just locals. It's Not hard lot, to find, yeah. It's hard to find. Not a lot of people know about it. Um, maybe people will now because we get a lot of downloads on this podcast. So if you're in Huntington Beach, that is the place to go. Make sure you say that Eddie and Sally sent you. Yeah. But everything is is freshly made, uh-huh. and you can order. They do these handmade pizzas on the weekends. You can pre-order these pizzas, and they're all different kinds of flavors. This morning, we picked up because the storm's rolling in tonight, and I told Eddie, oh, how awesome it would it be to get this?" But it was a spinach and feta.
1: You say storm, like guess if we're gonna get snowed in or something. Oh yeah, like, we, should oh, tell we people, can't go our, out. Our tomorrow. storm is
0: rain. <laughs> Our storm is... But like it's
1: like 30% sheds of rain. Yeah, okay. that's a big storm for
0: well, us. Well, <laughs> 30 to 40 mile per hour winds. <laughs> okay, that's That's different. actually real, so... I'm not going outside. <laughs> but I told Eddie, I was like like pumping up this big quiche that they had in the fridge there, this spinach and feta quiche, and I said, how awesome when the kids wake up in the morning to the smell of this quiche, mm. and then we also got... They, they make fresh bread every day, mm-hmm. and you and I are big sourdough... Big bread fans. It's one of the only fans. types of bread that I eat. Yeah. That and I like the Ezekiel bread. Um, and so we got a loaf of that bread. But they also make their own pimiento cheese. Oh, so good. Oh my goodness. Actually, I
1: don't know if it's good. It just looks good. Are we you haven't had it. Me?
0: A cheese dip. I'm
1: I'm assuming it. That's theirs though. Like it will be, I'm amazing. Sure it's gonna be amazing. Everything
0: they make is incredible. So we have this hot sour this fresh sourdough bread we got this pimiento cheese We got this this big quiche i'm like bring are, on the storm bring on the bring
1: storm, bring storm on baby the storm. We're,
0: we're turning on the fire it's <laughs> we're, we're gonna be a good night you
1: can storm all
0: week <laughs> it's all comfort food tomorrow <laughs> but um anyway that is our our favorite coffee house eddie yeah. you, the gifts that you have brought me over the years i i don't know if there are very many um that stick out to me more than when we got engaged, that is still my favorite gift of all time. And that is when you, with your own two hands, took a golf ball, cut it in half, stuffed it with velvet, mm. and then placed in there the ring that you designed to propose to me. That is still that golf ball, I still have it. Yep. I love it. It's so original. No one it else It is very original. You're one. right. And um that's probably one of my favorite gifts. Also, I'm just going to call you out right here. He also wrote me a song and surprised me on our wedding day in front of 400 plus people and sang to me this song that that was his wedding vow.
2: That's right. So I don't know what
0: can top those things. (laughs) The gifts you give are pretty extravagant Um, throughout the year. It's the handwritten cards. I mean, yeah. You
1: know, so as I was thinking, not, I mean, you, your surprises are, are pretty fun, but the one valentine's day (laughs) in college (laughs) i know you're so thinking back i was thinking of this when when i was writing that question to ask you but i was thinking man that like okay so sally for valentine's day when we were dating in college she like had me go to like the mailbox on campus and uh she went with me and it was like this tiny little mailbox and then in there it said oh you have like a package or whatever And the package was this four foot cardboard. Refrigerator box. But it was like a (laughs) a smallish, four feet is pretty big. Four feet, probably by two feet, right? I mean, it was a big size box. And she put on the outside red, pink, uh, like cardboard paper, right? Um, And Put some hearts on it, and uh, it was gigantic. And so I'm pulling it out. They're gi- they're giving it to me, <laughs> and. Sally's just like looking at my face like and I'm just like so embarrassed I'm like so oh my gosh like what it was everybody starts looking was it was, it was like lunchtime it was our first year I day. don't remember and I
0: remember thinking oh my gosh he doesn't like this and then I was I, like he's so embarrassed well right now.
1: yeah I mean because so it was gigantic it was colorful <laughs> and then you open it up and attached to the lid of the cardboard is like <laughs> these balloons come up <laughs> it was like this full-on like spectacle and I'm very low pro, low key, like, hey, you know, you can give me one of those Valentine heart candies and I'm good. But you're like, nope, we're going big. I'm getting you this humongous refrigerator box for your uh, present. Um, (laughs) Looking back now, it was pretty epic. But at the time, I was pretty, pretty embarrassed. But that was a big. That was a big surprise. This is I was not of, expecting that.
0: This is the beginning of a relationship when we were still learning about yeah. each other. I mean, we have been best friends. like, for, he's going to love this. He's going to love this. And he didn't. And in fact, I was like, you know, as a normal 19-year-old girl would be, was almost like sad.
1: You like spent all this time I spent and all, I like... I
0: stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was expecting... I did
1: feel bad about that.
0: No, this is a very immature... This no, I is, know, but... This is emotional immaturity. This is being immature in a relationship where you do something expecting because you want the expected reaction. Yeah, and like, that is actually in some ways kind of a selfish sure, stance. It's like, sure. "Well, I would love this, <laughs> yeah. so he better love it, and this is how I would react, so he better react that way." And and you didn't at all. And so I took that as he doesn't like it and and then I was kind of embarrassed, but you know, that was the beginning of you and I learning how we show love to each other yeah. and what each other likes. Um, yes, I learned very quickly. You don't like a lot of attention. Yeah. And and it's so funny, too, because I'll tell you, listeners, this is why initially it was so hard to coax Eddie even onto the podcast. I don't think people understand. We talk about this <laughs> weekly because we we get this. Whenever I ask for questions for the podcast, people are like, can Eddie please be on every single week? And I'm like, no, he can't. <laughs> like, do you know how hard it is? Ben, you've grown a lot. We're in season 3 now and and yeah. you're amazing. But um I think your natural tendency is to shy away from the camera, from attention. Yeah. Um people he just got an Instagram a few years ago. So um that was a big deal too. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that story is so great. Yeah, that, um, was, that was fun. I remember that because I took a picture of it. I should find that picture. Yeah, you should. Because the look on your face when I took it was like, okay. Hey, hey let's hurry up
1: and move and get Can this we, to you the You wanted house. it in the oh, car. Yeah, I, want I the... think
0: you just, you wanted to get rid of it not
1: really yeah i just wanted to like be done with yeah i mean you checked it like at at the peak of lunch hour oh it was so crowded
0: the mailbox is in the middle of like the quad area it's surrounded by the coffee houses and the cafes and like everyone saw it (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) it was pretty awesome though
0: so good pausing here for a quick message from inside tracker The path to better health isn't rocket science, it's health science. For something as valuable as your health, there's no reason to leave anything to chance. So whether you want to improve your heart health, cognition, metabolism, sleep, stress levels, or overall health span, Inside Chakra reveals the exact areas of your health that need improvement through comprehensive blood testing DNA analysis, sleep and fitness tracker data and your current daily habits. Inside Tracker's scientists have shifted through the research so that you don't have to. So, stop playing guessing games when it comes to your health and longevity. You can save 20% on all of Inside Tracker tests with the code SALLY at checkout.
1: All right. Anyways, that was a, wow, it's been like an hour. And that was like our intro, I think. Yeah. we Is that the longest even, intro we've ever had?
0: I thought last week was a long intro, but yes, that is the longest intro. But this is great because there's a lot of people that have two, three hour long run. today. That's true. Today. So
1: we're doing it for the people.
0: We're doing it for the we people. We are doing it we for are. the people. We are. And I want to just dive into your training right now. We've I know a lot of people are following along. the Eddie runs a marathon. Oh, yeah. Following your journey to how many days do you have until LA Marathon? I think it's forty-six. Forty-six days. Until I, I
1: have it. I have the exact number. Go keep talking. I'll look okay. it up. I have it right here. So
0: Eddie will be running the LA Marathon in March, and for that he's forty-six
1: days. Yes, I was correct. Forty-six
0: days. He's taken a lot of steps that have. I just want to highlight these things because the. The truth about you, Eddie, is your approach to this, who you are, how you operate in running and and fitness, it's so relatable. And I feel like every time that you and I have a conversation, I get excited thinking about, wow, you could really encourage and connect with so many of our listeners because the life that you live is is very real your wonderful dad is very involved in your kids lives um you know you and i get to work you know we do real work every single day we have a full schedule every single day so on top of that you're trying to figure out how to put the training in our listeners got to hear last week about a very unideal situation in which you had to get your long run in which turned into like the most ideal memory that you got to make with your daughter, Mm -hmm. um, with our daughter. And I, I feel that what you have been going through since the beginning of this program is, you know, at first I was really bummed. I was so sad for you that after you had come out of like, okay, I'm going to do a consistent fitness bill. You use the six week program in my app just to build up consistency and get some fitness in there. Through that, you had been the most consistent of that entire year yeah. of 2023. And I was like, wow, Like he's really serious about getting in shape and getting ready to tackle a marathon training program. And then as you started it, you had this horrific, horrific um, nerve pain, yeah. this pinched nerve in your back that has made you numb all the way down your arm into your hand. You're having trouble sleeping. Your Sleeping has been really bad. You can't turn a certain way. Um, it's affected a lot of things in that we, we tried moving, um, you know, so all these things became difficult for you. And then it was wondering, should I move my marathon to later in the year? Can I actually do this? What I found was this is so true for a lot of our listeners who work so hard toward a goal and then it's like they, they sprain that ankle or they, they come down with an illness or something in their life tragic happens or sad happens or something in a relationship. That's just crushing. And I, I think that as humans, we can all actually relate in the hardships more than when someone has a smooth pass and everything is just, you know, yeah. rainbows and horseshoes and everything goes well. Yeah. And that's what we all want. We desire that when we set out on a goal that it's going to go smoothly that we're gonna hit all the mini goals along the way, that we're gonna have this amazing experience, that those runs at sunrise and sunset are just gonna be beautiful and we're gonna feel strong and feel fitter with every run. And then we are gonna smash that time goal. We're gonna smash that goal that we set out to do. That is the hope for us in everything we do, not Mm -hmm. just in running. But what has been true of your journey is that every week has been hard. Yeah, I have not seen you pain-free since november yeah and as your wife that's been very difficult for me because you know as a coach as a trainer is this what i do for a living i've been trying to figure out all the different avenues of what i can do to make you feel better so you know from seeing different pts to now you're seeing sometimes twice a week a chiropractor um you're doing all the exercises at home you're you know you're you are icing you're doing everything possible to allow yourself to heal but what we're learning is that there is nothing that we can do to to force speeding up the recovery but really you getting out for a run isn't harmful for you it's just that you are going to be uncomfortable if you're going to choose to run and so that's what you've chosen to do now obviously if it was like oh you you tore your hamstring and you're like, I'm going to push through this. I'd probably like pull back on that and be like, well, we don't want to rip the hamstring off the bone. (laughs) Like, let's, let's maybe like revisit (laughs) this. But there are people that are listening who have similar situations where, you know, maybe they have like a neuroma in their foot and it's like, there's nothing to be done about that. So you're either going to choose to live with the neuroma and have it be a part of every, um workout that you do and it's not really going to change either way um or you're just not ever going to do the things that you love anymore because mm-hmm. of that neuroma. Yeah. Um and and like me I know I've talked about my spine and and different things that I've dealt with. That's why I strength train so much um so that my back won't hurt yeah. so that my back won't be a factor. The hips and the back Um, that's just the way I was made. And, and so I can make it the excuse or I can learn to get as strong as I possibly can and, and push through that. So listeners can relate to this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want to kind of dive in a little bit with what we've been doing in your training. I want you to actually share about that. What Mm -hmm. the week is always like for you, um, having me coach you through this. And then I'm, we're just going to kind of dialogue back and forth because it is, Something that I know we we tend to be very fearful of pain and discomfort. And I even know every time I put out um, an episode on YouTube talking about the 200s and the most recent one, if you haven't checked that out yet, on my personal podcast, Sally McRae. Um, I'm sorry, YouTube. my personal YouTube channel. I just put out the lessons I learned in in racing the Grand Slam. And one of the things I did focus on was – the choice to push through discomfort or not. And I'm always getting comments of people saying, aren't you worried about destroying your body? Aren't you worried about doing permanent damage? Aren't you afraid of, you know, really doing something wrong? And when it comes down to it, the the very simple answer is everyone is unique and different and only you can feel your body. The best doctor in the world can't feel what you feel. Mm. And the more that you listen to your body and you get to know your body and you test it in little ways, the better that you will get at understanding how to operate. So first, um, I want to start at the top and just say, how has your training been for you in the last couple weeks? And then we are going to talk about what we have been doing specifically to get you where you are today, because we are just a couple days out from doing your first race of 2024 which is a beloved race that you do every year whether you have trained for it or not and yeah. that is the surf city half marathon which runs right through our neighborhood yeah um
1: yes yeah, so the last few weeks uh i have i don't think i've well maybe once or twice but i don't think i've felt great like at any workout that you've given me um something has always nagged or bothered me. And I've, I've, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's partly because of my neck and back issue that I've been dealing with, um, or the lack of sleep because of it. Uh, but I just haven't felt like, I, just, I guess my legs have just always felt heavy. Like and it just felt like sluggish and, and tired. And I feel like thinking back to even a few years ago where I would barely train, you know, to, to pull off a half marathon. Like I was a lot faster, even when I wasn't really like doing much versus now I'm running a little bit more and I'm just feeling like, just really like slow. I don't know how to put that (laughs) just like tired and slow. Um, so I haven't felt like great. Um, just pretty sluggish and I've been trying to pull off everything that you've told me to do, but. Um, and that's even with like some of the extra stuff, like, you know, doing the, the, the runners kind of mobility and, 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 you know, putting that into some of the, uh, you know, the weekly rotation stuff. So, uh, but overall I have not felt, I have not felt great.
2: Yeah.
0: Fitness wise, what I've noticed watching you is I can see your body changing. Yeah. And it's very clear that you have leaned out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um toned up.
1: Yeah, well so I think for me, I've, I've always been like that where if I start increasing my running uh consistently, like I will like thin out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously all,
0: this... all the women are listening and be like, yeah, must be nice, not yeah. fair. <laughs> well, and I Eddie's <laughs> yeah. always had that like metabolism. There's like some That's memes going m- around where it's gene. like That's the McCray. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the McCray gene. I feel like I remember too, like postpartum with both the kids and trying to get back into like a a, a healthy space where I – you know the joints didn't hurt, and you know I had a lot of weight to lose with with both the kids. But I remember I used to tease you about that. Yeah. I'm like, must be nice. Like yeah. you you try to get in shape, and you like you stop eating chips for a week, and you yeah. drop like yeah. 15 pounds. Like it's just not fair. Um but yeah, yeah, no, I,
1: I think to your point I think it's because you know I've been consistently running I have not been lifting which I usually do like I'll I'll do at least a couple times you know a week that I'd be doing some type of like you know bench press and you know back stuff or whatever arms but I haven't done any of that so um obviously I've, I've thinned out because of that and this actually a whole this whole past month I haven't had any alcohol, which, you know, isn't like a huge, I wasn't like a drunk before, but yeah. like, you know, every, every now and then you'd have
0: some red wine. Right. So I yeah. think take,
1: cutting that out and, you know, maybe being a little bit more, you know, cognizant of what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Um, not like super strict, but like just kind of keeping an eye on what I eat. I think all of those obviously, uh, contribute to, um, you know, the way my body responds. And, uh, so I don't know. I, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm getting fitter for sure, but um, just have not felt, felt great.
2: Mm-hmm. So.
0: so I'm going to break down a little bit my approach. And I, I feel like this is where listeners can gain a little bit more insight into how I've been training you. Because yeah. the goal for me was to create a plan, which was going to be called Eddie's Marathon Training Plan that was going to go in the app. Mm. So I was really excited about this. And now I'm like, and now I can't make that because the training program that I have constructed for you is so customized and it has to be like every couple of days, I can give you something. Yeah. You know, usually I like to, okay, for the next two weeks, this is what we're doing. But we have had to take it day by day. Yep. And that is what I consider to be patient training. And sometimes it can feel very, Um, what's the word that I, that I want to use? You, you can feel very uneasy Mm -hmm. in that because if, if you don't have the confidence of a training plan that says, all right, this is going to see you through to the next two weeks. This is what we're doing. This is the projected, but you understand that like everything weighs on how I feel when I get up in the morning and, and that's hard. Yeah. It's hard to, to only focus on Okay, I have to. Well, I don't want to say that it's hard to only focus on that one workout, but it, it forces you to discipline yourself to not think about anything else except that one workout. Mm-hmm. If I talk too much about 26 miles right now with you, that's overwhelming Yeah, and can bring a lot of anxiety for you yeah. because how you're feeling right now is if I said you're going to run 26 miles right now, that.
1: I'm screwed. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no way. <laughs>
0: However, I I can honestly say that at the end of November, you know, last year, which was only like 12 weeks ago, even the idea of you running eight miles was out of the question. Yeah. And now we're going to be hitting your 15, 16 mile run coming up. And so to know that even though you're uncomfortable right now, but you look back at how much you have progressed how much improvements you have made is incredible Mm -hmm. but the only way that you were able to improve was by taking it one day at a time yeah because we have had a lot of days where i've had to say okay you're just gonna go ride the bike yeah and that i know for you because you've been an athlete your whole life that doesn't feel like you're doing anything no that feels like how am i progressing towards a marathon when all i'm doing is riding a bike but my approach to this has been Um, to build up your mind that if you are consistently doing something every day, you are naturally going to become more confident. You will gain fitness. It might not be in the leaps and bounds that maybe you normally would. Um, But there is, without a doubt, when you show up to do something every single day, 12 weeks pass and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, You realize that those teeny tiny improvements have now added up to you look in the mirror and you don't look the same way that you do Mm -hmm. um, back in November. Mm -hmm. And you are faster, not as fast as you want to be, but you are faster than you were in November. Yeah. And you also are able to cover more miles Mm -hmm. than you did in November. So this is what I've done. My goal in the beginning for Eddie, um, especially in December, was to, to weigh really heavily on cross training as the way to get him to continue being consistent in his workouts. Cause he did do the six week program or maybe it was the 30 day day program in my app, which is always there. If you guys ever want to try it, if you want to just check it out, my app is free for a week. Um, but those are great plans, the 30 day and the six week program to use, to get into fitness and get into some consistent training. And there's beginner, intermediate, advanced um, levels in there. So Eddie used that and I wanted to continue that. So one of the things that I did was I put him in the gym a lot uh, for two reasons. The gym allows you to pivot when something isn't working out and you have options. So I remember being at the gym with you back in December. This was at 24 hour Mm -hmm. and you had done the bike and and literally it was like, okay, now what do I do, Sally? And I wanted you to hike on the treadmill. And then you came to me and said, that hurts. And so I then had to put you back on the bike. And then there was something else I had you do too. But like, I literally had to walk you through that workout at the gym, because the idea is this, do your best at choosing activities where you're not in pain the entire time, especially like acute pain. And at Mm -hmm. this time you hadn't seen a a PT or a chiropractor yet. We were hoping that we could kind of come out of this. And so, um, there was no work that had been done on you, but then, so at that time I said, do all the things that you can do that you're not in pain. And then we got like a diagnosis and then you started getting work on you. And then we realized, okay, you will probably have some discomfort, but you running, doing the stair mill, doing the bike, that as long as it's not increasing or making it worse, which thankfully it hasn't, you've actually been getting teeny tiny bit better. Right. The numbness in your hand is, is is slowly going away. Your body's getting a little bit stronger. And that's how we knew we could progress with the running. Mm-hmm. The running then um, has grown from like three days a week to four days a week. So my goal is to always give Eddie four days of running. I think that you can safely and very powerfully train for a marathon running only three to four days a week what you're doing in between there is very valuable as well and so in between those days my message to eddie is what you do after the day running is to prepare you to run again Mm -hmm. and it's also to allow you um that physical break from pounding
1: those are my favorite days by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what are the things that you do on the days that you're not you're not running that you do enjoy cuz i give you options every yeah. time and i say you know just go to the gym you're there for one to two hours sometimes you're there for yeah. for two hours what are the things that you like to do i think i it's grace and freedom i think you feel like yes now yeah. i can just kind of do whatever i want let's see
1: so last week the i went to the gym and i did i think i hiked for a little bit, like, you know, just walking on the treadmill. Uh, and then I did a little bit of the bike and then I remember doing, um, some, some of the knee and, you know, exercises and, uh, the step ups. Um, and I went in the sauna, um, you know, just, I think I did, uh, some stretching and some rolling out, like, and that, you know, took an hour, hour and a half. Um, but it was all very, like, whenever I was, I was wanting to do something else, I was did something else and it was very low impact and, uh, very low key. And I just, I, I just love, love doing it,
0: um, on those days. Yeah. And that's what a, a gym is great for because yeah. you have five different options for cardio typically you know you have ellipticals rowers you have a treadmill you have a bike you have the recumbent bike
2: what's a um, recumbent bike
0: it's the one that sits back oh yeah the one that's low yeah 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 and then um yeah depending on on your gym i know at 24 hour i, I think there's like six different machines that yeah. have like that strider elliptical that you know it's it kind of mimics the um or imitates the the running stride yeah um yeah so what you're then able to do. And especially if you are bored at the gym, one of my favorite things is do everything for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I give this, uh, when I was doing online coaching, I would give this a lot to athletes that were doing a cross training day and they're like, I literally hate the gym. And I say, well, to keep it interesting, remember you can do anything for 10 minutes. And then that's about sometimes 10 minutes is your limit. Like, okay, I can do an elliptical for 10 minutes. Okay. Do that for 10 minutes. Then get off and do the bike for 10 minutes. Then go do the stair mill, then go hike on the treadmill. Oh my gosh, you got 40, 50 minutes of cardio taken yeah. care of. And
2: It's so funny. All- Cause
1: today I was thinking about what I'm going to be doing. Cause you'd said it's a cross training day. And I was, I already wrote down, I'm going to do 15 minutes on the stairs. 15 minutes on the bike, 15 minutes elliptical, and 15 minutes hiking.
0: It's awesome. That's an hour. Yeah. And then
1: I'll go do the stretching and stuff like that.
0: That's perfect. And yeah. I love stuff like that because you're working different muscle groups. Yeah. Um. Mentally, you're able to stay engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big thing too is it's really easy to lose touch of our workout and really what we're doing when we are bored or we don't like it. So if you don't have any enthusiasm, you're not going to put effort into it. But yeah. if you know, like, I'm just doing this for 10 minutes, like, all right, I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. It's only 10 minutes. And you know? the beauty
1: of those, the, those four things, those four exercises, I could watch my welcome to Rexham the look whole time. So look at that bonus, that is, hit the that's, bonus. That's
0: actually really what he's looking forward to tonight. <laughs> that's why he's got this big smile. He knows I think he he'll, he'll be, be at the gym show. for two hours. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> hey, no judgments. <laughs> No judgments so that's been a a big focus is daily customized training yeah we check in eddie typically asks me every couple days okay what am i doing the next couple days um we check in with the body and check in on his running but it's it's rare that i'll put there's only like once that you'll do like two days straight of running mm-hmm. and we try to put cross training or recovery day in between there so that your runs are quality
1: yeah so like this week monday i had a complete rest day like i didn't do anything just because i felt my body was really trashed from the weekend and i just was like i need to just not do anything uh, and then tuesday was the eight miles that you had me do a workout with um and then today will be a cross training tomorrow's a workout a run workout that you have not told me what that is i don't think but that's what you're gonna have me do friday is another cross training and then saturday i'll run and then sunday i'm running the 13 maybe even more right
2: So that's sunday
0: he's yeah so we're training you through the surf city half marathon you really you've already run a half marathon a couple times yeah. in this training program Um, but I know you love this race. You're running with Jason Humes and you know, this is just a fun community event that you've, you've been a part of for years and a shout out to there's someone from the race, man, I forgot her name. Um, who works for the race Oh and is excited to see us there. There's a few other people in the community that are wondering if we're going to be there. So yes, we will be there. Hey, Carrie Um, and
1: Gavin Prince, shout out to them. Yes. That's right. They will be there. Some friends of ours. I think this
0: is going to be Gavin Prince's first half marathon. It is. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to run it together.
1: Oh yeah. But they're going
0: to be at the start line together. Yep. So be good to see them. Carrie's one of my best friends, one of my best life friends and her son, uh, is going to be running the half marathon for the first time. I love that. It's a family affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are going to be training you through that. You will um, run some additional miles later in the day after the half marathon. So it's this is a big week for you. This is probably one of your biggest weeks of run training. Mm-hmm. You have um, three workouts, not high-intensity workouts, but um, a, a, a run workout is when – you have specific details to hit.
1: Wait, what am I doing tomorrow then?
0: You're doing a fartlek. Lick. Fartleks are fun. It's Swedish for speed play. So we'll we'll so, dive more into that. Okay. T- tomorrow. Look at his face. Is like I'm what? Like, what? Yeah, okay. you'll okay. love it. Fartleks are um, different from intervals. See, intervals have structured work and structured rest. Fart that's lick what doesn't. I did last night, right? Yes, that's yeah. what you did last night. Okay. Um, you you did a couple miles on a mile off, a couple miles on yeah. a mile off. So, and you ran it faster than we had discussed by 30 seconds. So that was super cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, very, very encouraging. Now, Eddie, I think, um, one of the points of discussion that I want to tie into all of this is if you continue to feel the way you do, I know that your legs feel heavy You're not. This isn't ideal. You're yeah. battling discomfort. Let's envision that your race is next week mm-hmm. and that is how you're gonna embark on your marathon. Have you considered some things that you're gonna be telling yourself or what is gonna be your mindset going into the marathon? What are some goals that you've been thinking about having for this race?
1: I'm gonna look around and just say, you know what, if that dude can do it, I can do it.
0: <laughs> There's enough people at the start line that you can do it. Come on now, do our listeners, how many times have you been motivated by that? you look around at someone that's literally 40 years older than you yeah. and you know, they're, they're telling you that this is their 80th race and you're like, okay, if you can do it, I, I can, can do, do
1: it. one. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like as funny as that is, like that, that does give me like some encouragement, like yeah. just knowing that, like, you know, what? there's thousands and thousands of people like lining up. Like I don't need to know their, their prep and what they did to get here. But, um, dude, I, if they can do it, I can do it, you know, and because I've, you know, I didn't maybe prepare the most that I wanted to and, you know, how I wanted to. But, um, you know, I didn't just like wake up this morning and decide I want to run a marathon either. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm in between and I can I can pull it off. So I think that, you know, will will definitely help. Um, but other than that, I don't I haven't really thought about <laughs> what. I'm goals. Yeah.
0: Well, sometimes it's best to set specific goals when you're three to four weeks out from a race Mm -hmm. and um but you can also set goals when you sign up for that race and then you assess and reassess i think that's very wise and it's good to have an a b and c goal so for some people the a goal is you know i would love to finish in this time the goal yeah. is i would love to be in the top 100 in my age group c goal is like i i want to finish like yeah. that's the most important thing to me i just want to get past that finish line and get that medal and say that i completed my marathon
1: i think that's where i'm at at this point mm-hmm. you know is like,
0: wanting to finish yeah I
1: just wanted to finish I, I mean like you said it's like even just this past month i've been slowly starting to to actually train for it, so I mean, obviously, that's not enough time to pull off like uh, what you want to do in in a marathon. So, um, given the limited amount of time that I've been able to actually train, um, you know, it, I feel like just completing it will be a success for me. Uh, so I've kind of put time frames kind of out the out the door, um, especially just kind of how I've been feeling lately. So,
2: well, um, I think
0: I think that is a really good point. And I do need to highlight, though, that this situation isn't, oh, well, I hurt myself, so I'll just see what I can do on race day. Mm -hmm. The truth is, every day you've been doing something. Yeah. Every day you've had a focus, whether it is a recovery day or it's a run workout or you're doing that cross training, this is by far The most consistent training I've seen you do in, in many years. Yeah, you're right. And that is something to be celebrated. Yeah. And for our listeners who have encountered whether it's injury or just setbacks, or there's something um outside of the training that's keeping you from doing the training that you want, I'll say it again, you have to celebrate the things that you're doing right. Yeah. And this idea that to do your best with what you have, with what you're given in that season, at that time. See, seasons come and go. The way that you feel today, Eddie, you're not always gonna feel this way. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the back is gonna get better. Eventually, the nerve stuff is going away. And you know what? There, There's also a possibility that that's something that you'll have to deal with for the rest of your life if it comes and goes. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I hope not too. And you're working really hard at at um, taking care of it, mm. so I'm really proud of you of that because that's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work to plan the doctor appointments and drive out there and take care of them and do the PT exercises. I mean, that's work in it in itself. Mm. And for a lot of us, um, it's easy to settle into the discomfort and just make that the new normal for our life. Mm-hmm. And realize, yeah, I'm just going to kind of limp through this. And we don't we don't take the time to take care of ourselves. And the thing is, is that you listeners, you deserve to take care of yourself. You get one body, hmm. you get one shot. And there is always something that we can all work on because our our bodies do deteriorate every day. And our bodies, they break down, they rebuild, they break down, they get older, they age. And it is our job to take care of our machine yep. and to do the best with it You know, as best we can. When it comes to permanent stuff permanent uh you know whether it's having permanent limited mobility um you know permanent aches and pain i mean again that goes back to the individual and really assessing and feeling out what it is that we can do but i always like to kind of touch on that and highlight the hope that we can still have even if we are operating in unideal situations because Whether we are reaching those goals or we're frustrated um, or we're beginning again, we have the ability to learn and grow um, no matter what stage we're in. And we are so much more capable of enduring things than we actually think we are. Mm -hmm. I think that had you not signed up for this marathon, had it not been in your mind, let's say that you were like, oh, I'll sign up for it next year, like in February, I'll, I'll pick one next year. I don't you you signed up for the marathon and then it was like three four weeks later when you got the back pain mm-hmm. and i think because you had set that goal for yourself you committed to achieving it no matter what yeah and that is really powerful so having that goal at the forefront helped you stay disciplined and, con- and consistent but had you not had that in place I don't know where we would be yeah. right now. Yeah. You you could possibly be sitting around upset and frustrated, like whatever. When this ends, then I'll get back in the gym, and I don't think that's uncommon. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, even when we are in a rough season in life, or when we're not feeling great about our body, or we're trying to work through an injury or work through um, an uncomfortable situation, still keeping an eye on those goals can be exactly what we need.
2: Mm.
0: We we need to keep our eyes forward and ahead with hope, um, knowing that even if the steps are not ideal, even if the steps don't feel strong, that we are still capable of doing something. Yep. And I think that this is going to be the marathon experience for you, is every day it's assessing. Yeah. Every day it's figuring out, How can I get through this workout as strong as I can, as best I can? And your improvements have been much smaller and have required way more patience Mm -hmm. than in all the years past when you've trained for a half marathon. But I think what you're doing in that is you're building a very strong and resilient mind because you've shown yourself what you can do despite all that. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful for other things. In your life yeah and as an outsider I don't want that for you I wanted this to be a pain-free fun adventure of hitting that that marathon but it's turned into something else but I'll tell you what Eddie it's been really inspiring to see you tackle this marathon program in this way Um, because it's not ideal but I know the goal matters to you Mm -hmm. and come and crossing that finish line it matters to you. And through that, you've just become a better version of yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. March 17th coming quickly. Yeah. We'll see.
0: March 17th is also when, is that, is that when your dry January ends?
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: You'll enjoy a beer at the finish line?
1: Yeah, that, that sounds good. I'm. Yeah, I could do that. Well, um all right do you want to go through uh some some questions that people people had coaching specific running questions yeah
0: we this is an all-around running episode today and so i'd love to tackle some of our listener questions i think that a lot of people are going to gain um you know, some encouragement from what we just shared, but yeah. we do love hearing from you, mm-hmm. our audience. And so, um, we ask people to send in questions and, and I know that you have some, yeah, and, um, I have a couple, so let's go ahead and tackle those. Okay. All right. So we have gotten quite a few questions about hill training, about living in a flat area, but you're training for like a mountainous or yes. hilly course. So I've chosen this one to kind of encompass all of that. This is Ryan LeBlanc7. Thank you so much for writing in, Ryan. And he asks, what?
1: Yes, good. Thanks, Ryan. (laughs) Just give Ryan a little shout out.
0: His profile picture is really cool too. Um, It looks like he's in the mountains.
1: Is it Ryan Reynolds? No, we already, (laughs) 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 Ryan.
0: All right. The obsession with Ryan Reynolds continues. Moving on. How do you train for a race with elevation when you live in a flat area? And he says, I appreciate it. So, a couple things, um, and this is so important. When you are entering the world of trail running and ultra running, it is not only set out and and set apart for people that live at at a trailhead or live in the mountains. I'd say the majority of the community doesn't. Right. You know, a, a lot of us, even if we live in surrounding mountains like you and I do, Um, The big mountains, like Mount Baldy, that 10,000-foot mountain I love to train on, that's a 45, 50-minute drive from here. And so a lot of the training, you know, because of time, you know, it's going to be done locally. And if you are training for a mountain race or that is your desire but you feel like, I can't do it because I live in a flat area, this answer is for you. First and foremost, if you can get access to a treadmill, that is gonna be a massive help to you, at least for the up the uphill part of the training. Now, I don't know if it's like this in other states, but you know, we have local gyms around here. They do like the $19 a month. And that that alone is just so worth it if you're paying $19 a month just to use the treadmill as much as you want. So there's two key machines that I will use at a gym for mountain training especially when I can't get to the mountain um, and, I, and also what I recommend to athletes who, who are not able to get to a mountain or live in that area. So treadmill uphill workouts are amazing and you can do a lot of key workouts. You can put on your training vest, um, your hydration vest, I mean, And you can fill that up with all of your race day gear so you can really get a feel for what it's like to go uphill while carrying a pack. I can't tell you enough how valuable that is. Um, There are some people who get to race day and they're like, oh my gosh, my pack is so heavy when it's full of a bladder and all the food and and the gear that I wanna have. So practice with that. Practice, you know, hiking uphill for 30 minutes straight. Practice at different inclines. Maybe start off with. A, 6, a 6% incline and see how well you hike at 3.5 speed. Can you do that for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour? Move the incline up and down. You can go to 6%, 10%, 12%. The treadmill that we have goes up to 40%. Um, some treadmills in the gyms go up to 20%. So play around with the different percentages. You can even get really specific and look at the elevation profile on the the race website that you're racing for it. And you can assimilate that on a treadmill, um, right down to the miles. If you know that it's, there's three miles where you will climb, you know, 4,000 feet, which is super steep, try and do that on your treadmill and just see what that feels like. The other thing that you can do is the stair mill. Now I like the stair mill because it forces you to drive your knees up. And so you're also working on that hip flexor strength, which is so important, just picking up your feet. I believe that the stair mill is the hardest machine in the gym. If you want a good sweat, you wanna work hard, Use the stair mill and don't use the handles. It's oh like my goodness. You, you,
1: 10 minutes. You're already like getting Sweating. a good sweat. Yeah. I love that machine. And you don't
0: even need to move that fast. No. Yeah. So the stair mill, not all gyms have this machine. It's a big expensive machine. Yeah. Um. We, we go to LA fitness in 24 hour here in Southern California. And both of those gyms have several of them and they are turning into a very popular machine. So they, yeah. they used to not be popular. Uh, they just like like these big beasts. Um, so I'm not talking about the stair stepper, the, the stair master, which was really popular in the 90s and early 2000s. The stair mill is revolving stairs. Now, the cool thing that you can do with that, and um, and you, you can use the handles, don't think that you, that you can't, but it does get, provide a different type of training stimulus when you when you don't use the handles, but you can add a waist, uh, a weight vest to those workouts. Um, You can also turn them into heat training workouts. So sometimes I will get on the stair mill and I'll put on several layers and um, I'll just get on that thing and just climb for an hour, hour and a half and just sweating buckets, Um, just getting uncomfortable. So those two things, the Treadmill and the stairmill are fantastic for uphill training, for mountainous runs, for big mountain runs. For those of you that are looking to race um, internationally in the Alps, um, having time on your feet where you are climbing continuously for one to two hours is really powerful. Now, the one negative in that is trying to find treadmills that have the go downhill. Now, I think it's 24-Hour Fitness. They have treadmills that go downhill all the way to 6%, which is oh, awesome. Wow. And there is a very specific training stimulus you get when you are continuously running downhill. You really start to season those quads um, and get used to the pounding that comes with running downhill. Now there's other things that you can do, like box jumps, like jumping off a box, um, landing on two feet in that squat position, doing that over and over again. Um, If you can find areas around town that have um, even just little hills where you can do downhill repeats, I think this is very important and often overlooked. I did have a client who would put cinder blocks on his treadmill on the back of it to elevate it so that he could run downhill. Now I don't know how long his treadmill lasted, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how great that is for yeah. the motor, but that's how he trained for hard rock. He mm-hmm. was a airplane pilot and all of his training was on a treadmill. So wow. he would climb, climb, climb. And then he put these blocks on the back of his treadmill and he would descend. Hmm. So yes, you can train in um, a flat area for a mountainous, uh, Race outdoors. What you can do is you can get to a stadium. So if you have access to a JC, like a junior college, a high school where they're going to let you do stairs, that is so good. Running up and down stadium stairs is really going to get you in shape for those mountainous runs too.
1: Nice. All right. I have one for you. This is from at Sage Juniper trails. Okay. This one, I feel you get quite a bit too. Um, It says, how do you work through your fear uh, or running solo on trails? Mm. I feel like that's a a common one with people, especially just getting into trail running. They have that one a lot. I want to
0: suggest episode six, Fear and Danger on the Trails, where I talk extensively about specific stories about myself of encounters that I have had while running. It's a very powerful episode. It's a very helpful episode because I talk about safety on the trails. I talk about being aware. Somebody else had written in this group of questions that we have here. And they asked if if I run with groups of people. It's rare that I run with a group of people because of the type of schedule I have, my everyday life, but also the type of training I do. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to find people that um, – to do – the type of training I do, but also when I do it, you know, it's pretty hard to find people. I used to go Tuesday. with you.
1: Remember when we first, I think we first got married and like after school I'd come home and you're like, I'm going to go for six miles. You want to go? I'd, yeah, let's go and run six miles with you. But that was like over 20 years ago and I don't think I've ran with you since. <laughs> Cause <laughs> now you're saying. like, hey, I'm going out for a 30 mile run. You wanna, no, nope, can't, sorry. Out of my, out I'm of my league. I remember you riding
0: your bike <laughs> a lot too. I did. And yeah, talking that's to your true. Your mom on the phone I, while and, drinking Dr Pepper
1: and eating sunflower seeds. And remember that? Yeah, seeds. yeah, that's it's those so some funny. good times right there. Yeah.
0: yeah, so running by myself used to be a massive fear, and and when I say massive, I mean paralyzing fear for me. And it took me a while to become confident and really understand how to operate out in the mountains and on the trails by myself. Now I love it. I don't think twice about it. I think I have very good awareness and there's definitely things that I do to keep myself safe and stuff that I carry, um, to make sure that I'm safe. And anyway, that episode, fear and danger on the run, listen to that and you'll gain a lot of really great insight. Um, hopefully that'll be helpful to you too. Cause I, I do feel like and it's more common that I get this from women who yeah. are fearful of running on the trails by themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and sometimes it's it's fear of animals. It's fear of falling or spraining an ankle when you're, you know, eight miles from your car yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Someone said, hey, I have Life360, but I just, I feel like I need more. Yeah. Um, and I've been in all those situations. So I carry a body alarm with me and a whistle. I carry an extra battery pack from my phone. Um, I always carry some type of light with me. Um, when I go into the mountains, I think if something happened to me, could I survive overnight?
2: Mm. And that's
0: a great rule of thumb. Nobody plans on getting injured, getting lost, or being attacked. Nobody plans for that. No. We th- always think that happens to somebody else. So, make sure that your training pack has what you need to survive a night in the mountains. And that's even if you go out early in the morning, if you think that your mountain is safe, and there's lots of stories of crazy situations that people got into that they would have never believed would have happened
2: to them. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, obviously I'm I'm not one for paranoia. <laughs> a no. lot of the things that I do um obviously dictate that i i'm not afraid i don't i don't operate in fear and that is a choice that i make every day i will not be afraid i will not be fearful however to be respectful of what you're doing is an entirely different definition Mm -hmm. because you respect the fact that yes something could happen and so because i respect that i'm going to prepare for it and not that i am pessimistic or um or because I think all bad things happen to me. It's just, if something happens, I'm ready for it. Yeah. But I'm not going to let fear keep me at home and pursuing what I want to do or what I know I was capable of. And that kind of goes back, Eddie, what you were saying earlier about completing a marathon. When you stand at a start line and you look around and you think, if they can do it, then I can do it too. I want you to remember that. If I can do it, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. Now, one note I need to make and this is specifically about mountains and trails is um, not all mountain and trails are the same around the United States. Like I probably wouldn't go out alone with nothing in Montana. Yeah. We don't have grizzly bears here in Southern California. Grizzly bears are no joke and they're very territorial. Um, You operate differently in mountains and trails. And so I would think for the runners listening to this they know that like you carry different stuff yeah if you're in
1: alaska it's a different uh, yeah
0: you're right yeah alaska is the same way yep so you're carrying bear spray you're you're just carrying different stuff yeah canada for our canadian listeners um so i respect that i also found too when i was running on the east coast like in north carolina all of their trails are inside Hmm. like you are covered in trees roots moss you, no one can see you. See the mountain I run on Mount Baldy, it's a bald mountain.
1: Exposed, right? I'm
0: exposed. You can see me pretty much from anywhere. If I were to light a flare or put a light up or anything and it was night and you're going by, you know, like you would be able to find me. I can see for miles and miles for most of the routes up there. Mm. Um, but it's different when you're in a green tunnel for yep. miles and miles and miles. And that proposes different risks and different situations so it's pretty though it is beautiful (laughs) but I think you first have to study and get to know your surroundings and in some situations you just know like yeah when I run here I always need to be running with someone yeah that's not a good place for me to run alone and I'm like that there are certain places I'm just not gonna run alone yeah and but other places I mean I could run all day literally and feel completely comfortable totally fine Hmm. so it is gonna come down to your specific neighborhood where you're located in the country you know and some people listening don't even live in a safe neighborhood you know even running on the street or running at certain parts of town or maybe their route takes them through um you know maybe a, a dangerous you know part of town yeah you have to keep those things in mind too and and i travel a lot for um you know for racing for events for speaking and there have been times where i'm running in a brand new place i'm like i can feel this is probably not the smartest part of town to run on yeah and i've literally many times turned around and gone back in in the other direction so i think what is important is listen to that you know that gut when you're out running and if something doesn't feel right then you head back to your car Take some time and do research about where, um, where you live. I remember when I was first starting into trail running, that's what I did. I did a lot of research and it really eased my mind. I did research on everything, types of animals, the types of crime, like, you know, anything I could find to give me peace about, okay, what is normal on this trail? What is it like being out on this trail? So episode six, fear and danger on the run. I highly encourage that to you. Um, listen to it and hopefully you'll you'll glean something
1: good nice all right next one i have over here is from at bird is the word is the bird that's the instagram handle <laughs> i like that one not quite sure it. What, it, what it means but hey a lot of people say that about mine so i, I, I like Mo this Bampin. one yeah all right this one is a super common question that you get all the time so i'm just gonna ask it again Run first, lift later, or lift first, run later. How do you decide?
0: We did a YouTube yep. episode on my channel, not the Too Strong podcast, but it was on my channel last year. It was around this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The title of it says, Why Lift? And it's a picture of me with a barbell on my back in a lunge position. And we um, discussed that. Yeah, And I'm going to kind of paraphrase what I said there. This is very dependent on... One, your lifting history, and two, how long you have been lifting and running at the same time. Because I have been lifting since I was a teenager, I am able to handle a little bit more as it comes to strength um, and running than maybe someone who's brand new to lifting and is still getting sore every time they lift. The other thing is what your goals are. Yeah. So if you're in your off season, my recommendation is like, put an emphasis on heavy lifting, put an emphasis on just getting strong in your off season. And secondary is the running. So typically in my off season, um, I lift more and my running volume comes down. And I teach my body how to do both of those. I also recommend... If you're training for an ultra once or twice a month, do a long run and then go lift or vice versa. You can try it this way. Lift like the night before, even in, in, in the morning before, like total body, and then go do a long run. What you will find is you are tired. Your body is heavy. It doesn't feel good, but it is great training for an ultra because at some point in an ultra, that's exactly what you feel like. So when I combine heavy lifting with a long run, it is that it's a two-fold training session. It's for my mental state and to allow my body to feel what it feels like in the late stages of an ultra. So it's totally specific. And one of the things that you cannot control in an ultra is where the mountains are. So the obsession with lift before, lift after I say do it both Hmm. because some of these races end with massive climbing up to the finish line. Other races start off with a bunch of climbing. And I say that climbing is strength training in disguise. Mm -hmm. It gets you really strong. Yeah. And so if you're combining strength training with your running, whether before or after a couple times a month with your long run, you're going to get really strong. Now, right now for me personally, And this is why I'm pretty general when I share my training stuff, because it's so specific to me. The way that I train is really in relation to how I've been lifting my entire life and what I've been able to build up. Ideally, if I'm going to be doing like an interval workout, a tempo run, and I want to hit paces. So yesterday is a great example. I did 10 by 3 minutes inside of 11 miles. It was a hard workout. And I then put an hour and a half of lifting later in the day. So I got the workout done because I needed to hit certain paces, but I wanted to lift because I wanted to completely empty out my body. I wanted to get every last drop of hard work out of myself and depleting the muscles, fatiguing, because today is a full-blown recovery day. Mm -hmm. Today is where I heal, where I recover, And tomorrow we get back to another workout. So being strategic with how you lift is important. Another key factor is what you are lifting. Now, I have said just in passing and and very lightly, I've said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in the gym five to six days a week, but I am not doing the same thing five to six days a week. See, sometimes I go to the gym and I will do mobility for 30 minutes, And then I might spend 15 minutes doing core strength and hip strength. And then I might spend 10 minutes just doing like shoulders and arms. But another day I might do like Metcon style lifting where I'm doing like hard rounds of weights, high reps, fast. Um, I love workouts like that. And then I might end with really heavy lifting. Another day might be lightweight, high rep. Another day I'm in the gym, I'm doing a lot of like mat work where I'm doing like Pilates and I'm working with the band and it's just all body weight PT exercises for an hour straight. So there is always a part of our body that we can strengthen, that we can work on, but it doesn't always need to be heavy weights. I do feel that as men and women age, lifting heavy is very important. We know that both are Bone density, our muscle mass, it starts to break down significantly with each passing decade, especially once you hit your 30s. And so lifting heavy is key. It's advantageous for everything you do and your total well-being. But overall, lifting the before or after, I think that will always be um, an ongoing discussion. And as a coach, I can say, if it's a run workout day, do your run workout first and lift after. And if it is a recovery day, make your recovery day full recovery. I would say do Pilates, yoga, mobility, strength PT, uh, body weight exercises on your recovery day. Save the weights for when you're hitting, hitting the run and do the weights after. And then lastly, if you want to get a good training effect, both mentally and physically, then lift before you long run and see how that feels. I would not do that for every long run. I'm talking like once, maybe twice a month, you would do something like that because you're gonna get a very specific um, training effect. The most important one is gonna be mentally that you will absolutely call upon on race day when you're like, wow, I am so tired. But I remember this in training when I just felt like heavy, heavy legs, achiness, and I finished that workout, I know I can finish this race
1: nice all right uh let's try we got time for a couple more yeah
0: let's do it i mean for those of you that are still running right now we are so proud of you good job keep it up make sure that you're taking in that hydration if you haven't done that yet um check yourself if you haven't taken in calories in a while make sure you get those calories in remember the further you go the harder it is to be ahead of your calories we typically finish those long runs pretty depleted and so both your electrolytes, um, the calories that you're taking in, keep dosing, keep dosing, because you're gonna feel better um, as you reach that the finish. I'm thinking the- right
1: about now is when they chug that Red Bull, right? Two hours in. That's How many what people are carrying it? a Red
0: Bull in their pack?
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. No,
0: but I'll tell you what. Oh, when the- I first started marathoning, because that was like the rocket fuel that everyone was talking about. I would fill one of my bottles with it Oh yeah, and I yeah. would wait until I'd hit like mile 16 of one of my long runs. And that's when I'd start that's taking it, in. it. Yeah. And then it started, yeah, it would fizz and all that <laughs> stuff cause it's carbonated, but you know, so well done on the run. You guys, we're going to keep it going here, um, for a few more minutes Okay, and yeah, we're, we're cheering, cheering you on. All
1: right. So this one is, is how do you stay connected to friends? when you are in full training mode. That's a good question. So like if someone's working, they got a family, they got, you know, but they got some huge goals and they're trying to knock off some some big training sessions. A lot of times, you know, your friends and you know, since you don't see them in your house, like they don't get the attention that maybe you've given them before the the full training mode was was going on. So how how would you um Answer that question.
0: Well, me personally, it has been an ongoing testing of, of balance. My closest, dearest friends who, I mean, those girls I graduated from Biola with, uh-huh. um, and then Shannon, too, who I graduated from high school with, they understand my life very well. That's probably why they're such good friends, because mm. they've been gracious thoughtful kind and have really understood that I just have some seasons throughout the year, especially when I get into racing where I'm I'm just not around that much yeah and you know we have this wonderful thing called social media and texting and um you know if you do Marco Polo you can send messages I do a lot of audio messages that is my thing. Um, sometimes it's just I can't even, I'm on the fly. I'm maybe like walking through the parking lot to go into the grocery store. And I think, oh, I wanna send Carrie or Natalie or Janelle a text message and I don't wanna type. There's too much I have to say and I want them to hear my voice. So, you know, I'll do an audio message to them. So that's, that's a great really-
1: That's a great tip because that's something that for this person that wrote in, I don't know, I forgot who it was, but if they're thinking of them um, as they're driving or thinking of them like you said, walking into the grocery store, or whatever. It's it's just a quick audio message. Mm-hmm. It takes maybe thirty seconds to a minute, but shows them that, hey, I'm thinking of you. Yeah. I'm reaching out. Like that's a that's a good And tip. those
0: are my favorite. I think my my friends have, have slowly learned I do that a lot. And so I love listening to them when I'm driving. Yeah. And hearing their voices. Um, you know, I, I love that. The other way uh, I know Eddie and I have we've talked about this, but like just you have to be more intentional mm. with making plans, which is sometimes hard, especially for parents. yeah you hit these seasons with your kids where unless your friends are sitting on the sideline with you rooting for your for their their kids like you start to become friends with the sports families um, of the, you know on the team the teams that your kids are on, right like for you'll have seasons where it's just like that. Um, I remember when the kids were little, it was who they were in class with, you know, in elementary school, and and then it's like, well, who's living on your street? So you have seasons in your life where friends come and go, or you're you're closer to some friends than you are than others. I would say that our our college group of friends have been the mainstay since we were 18 years old, mm-hmm. and have gone through every season with us, and so. I think this past weekend, we went out to dinner with friends on Friday night, and then we went out with friends on Saturday night. And one of the things that Eddie and I talked about was, you know, every day you have to eat a meal. And why not share the meal with someone that you love and someone that you care about? So if you can make that work, do it. And Eddie and I are amazing at last minute. Like sometimes last minute stuff just works for us. And so that's what happened with our friends this past weekend. Yeah. And we had a great time. And we've we've started to work a little bit harder at that where we need to start making sure that, you know, we're seeing friends and, and you know, we're having a meal like... Let's just invite people over or, or meet up with them. So, um, the the balance in that I think has, has has always looked different with the seasons of life, and I think I probably best learned that once we started having kids. So even before I was a runner, you know, and I was training and stuff, mm. I just realized like, wow, it is really hard to keep a social schedule when you are you have babies and they have nap times and they go to bed at different times and sometimes they don't feel good. And it was like, I don't think there was any season in my life where I had to like cancel more playdates and you cancel things because everything revolves around your kids' schedules and how they're feeling. And um, And so staying connected with people who are in the same place that you are You know, I think for the mothers that are listening, um, you know, staying connected with mom groups, you know, in your area, whether that's through your church or through your community where they understand what you're going through and they totally get it when you say, Oh my gosh, I can't come. I got to cancel right now. My baby just blew their diaper out and it's going to take me 20 minutes to clean this up, you know, and then you're in tears because like you were looking so forward to connecting with an adult and now it's not happening. And, um, yeah, I could, I should probably do a mom episode. I could talk for hours about that, how sometimes you feel like you have isolating seasons. Um, Because you're a new parent and you're trying to figure out that schedule. But what is true for all humans is that seasons come and go and they change. And before you know it, I mean, Eddie and I, we said, we're like, oh my gosh, like more and more kids are out of the house for dinner time. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, there used to be a time where it's, we could only have dinner at home. Going out to restaurant was a nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) So they do come and go, but you know, the people in your life, your friends, those, that close circle of friends, your family, they truly are the most valuable things you have in your life. They are the most precious. They are what, what make your life full. And when you're hitting tough seasons in your life, they help keep your feet grounded. Mm-hmm. You start to remember like, wait, this is actually what matters. You know, that, that metal does not matter as much as my children and as, not, as much as my best friends and my family. It's the people and when I look back on my life, it's the memories with people that I will remember the most. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we have to work hard at that. And I think, you know, Eddie is a great planner. We both do our best to write out our schedule for the week, and then a daily schedule. And so that has really helped us maintain a consistent connection with with friends and family. What I mean, today we got to go to. To Riley's soccer game again. I think in our last uh, podcast, we were saying we're going to Riley's soccer mm, yeah. game. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's just remembering that that each day is an opportunity to make an impact in somebody else's life. And that can be as simple as giving a phone call, writing a letter. I still write letters. I love the handwritten letter. Mm-hmm. Sending a text, doing a FaceTime, giving your kids a hug. Um like Eddie, he'll go and pick me up coffee. I'm sure at some point today, hmm, um, but the little things matter. I think sometimes when we think of connecting yeah. with our friends, we think it has to be this big, you know, girls night out or a big barbecue on the weekend. And it doesn't, Sometimes yeah. it's, it's just the simple, like touch and go, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's, what's going on lately? Update me. And, um, yeah, that's, that's important.
1: Yeah. Those are good, good tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think you touched on this one, but I think you actually did a YouTube on this one as well. But um, at Mrs. Summerer says, what's your typical long run fuel? Oh, okay. Like real food versus gels." So I maybe more specific to you. Like I know yeah. you, you've talked a lot about it's, even at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about how when and, and what type is kind of unique to that person. But I think she's asking what your, typical long run fuel is
0: my long run fuel has changed over the years i i like to experiment with different things right now i am obsessed with bear performance nutrition go bar Mm -hmm. it is basically a rice krispie treat yeah i love rice krispie treats delicious i can
1: eat probably 15 rice krispie treats in one sitting easily
0: and these bars they're 200 calories Great. I I don't know what the carb count on it. It's pretty solid. Yeah. It's an oat bar. Yeah. And it is delicious. I love it. Yeah. So that has been my fuel. I take those things to the gym. If I have like a two plus hour workout in the gym, I'll eat one of those bars. Same thing. If I'm in the mountains, I eat differently than I do for a long run on the road Hmm. because I found that when I climb, I am expending more energy. And I'm also out there longer and I don't just want liquid calories. Yeah, I want something a little bit more substantial. So my long run fuel box, this is what it looks like. I have a liquid drink that is a go to it. It's the G1M. This is all bare performance products. Um, but G1M has a carb and electrolyte drink. So it's combined. So I don't have to have a separate electrolyte. So I will bring a whole flask of that and then I'll bring a baggie of it as well so that I can refill up the bottle. I will then have a just a bottle of just water and then I will have a mixture of gels and a bar. But I also like real food when I'm in the mountains. When I'm on the trails, I like to bring things like raisins, banana chips, I like to bring um, maybe like a peanut butter sandwich. I'll do dates. And a new favorite of mine, which I'm still like trying to figure out the best way to carry it, is mashed potatoes. I really like mashed potatoes with sea salt. I know you can buy those pouches, like the empty pouches, you can fill them up with that, but that that's about it. Um, I always include in my pack some peppermint candies and some ginger chews. Those are great for nausea when your stomach's upset and you can't get anything in. Put one of those in the side of your mouth and just let it kind of drip into your belly. It does help. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what my long-run nutrition looks like right now.
1: Nice. I actually, the other night when I did that 13-mile run, I had a bottle of the G1M. That I kind of nursed the whole time, and I, that was the first time I've had G1M actually. Um, that was really good. You mean
0: good. all the times you were crewing me for those 200s, <laughs> you never sat back with a big glass of it
1: and just poured a big glass and scooped one in? And I yeah. did not. I yeah. uh,
0: you were so tired
2: of filling my bottles I was,
1: with it. I did so many scoops for and other watching people, me vomit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, that's play. yeah, so that I uh, had that. I think I had the salted watermelon,
0: yeah, that one's good. yeah, it
1: was, it was actually really good.
0: We'll give a link to that. Yeah. Again, all the links are always in my link tree. Mm -hmm. We have a discount code, Sally, that you can get with any BPN nutrition products. The thing with the Bear Performance Nutrition products is they test everything. Yeah. So that's another reason why I consume it. Yeah. I just know it's tested. They taste good too.
1: Very high quality. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sal, I think. That puts we a button done? on this episode. Are we going to end? I there think we're about to finish. There are people that are still
0: moving right now that are like, "No, don't I know. go." know.
1: Sadly, I think it is time for us to end this episode and go to Jan's Health Bar and get us a nice <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> oh,
0: for everyone running that's thinking about what they're going to have, and we just made them hungry. I'm probably going to have that. What's the, that the wrap? wrap that I get? Yeah, it? I was just is it turkey that. or chicken?
1: It's a chicken wrap. Yeah,
0: chicken crunch wrap. Yep, it is delicious. Yep, we got it some is avocado good. in there, mm-hmm. and then you love getting the broccoli cheese soup. Oh,
1: love, love that soup.
0: But they also have this incredible date shake, just I made had from that. dates, peanut butter, almond milk. I mean, you can make it at home. I used yeah. to make it all the time. Delicious, delicious. No, delicious. I have Yeah. Well, in closing.
2: Yeah. Bring us home here.
0: Let Let's just go ahead and bring this home in closing. A special message to you, our listeners. One. What you're doing right now, it matters. You matters. Thank you so much for showing up today. Um, Thank you for being here with us and listening to this podcast. We want you to know that we are rooting for you in whatever goal that you are working toward. We want you to know that we love hearing from you. So thank you for the reviews, the ratings, the messages, what you share in the Facebook page. We just really love this community that is being created. Make sure that you check out our merch shop for all of the new merchandise that's dropping. Um, Spread the good word, be a part of Choose Strong community. Um, These make great gifts as well and we love to see you guys in them. But all else aside, we are rooting for you. Eddie, the community is rooting for you. Yes, I um, appreciate your, them all your reaching out. you half marathon this this weekend. If you are going to be at the Surf City Marathon, half marathon this weekend in Southern California and Huntington Beach, I will be wearing my Choose Strong hat and my yellow Do the Work uh, sweatshirt. You're going to so, stick out. Yeah, I'll stick out purposely. Mm. Um, please come and say hi We love meeting you guys and we just love our community so much. But um, if anything else, no matter where you are in the world listening, we appreciate you. We love you and we encourage you to keep choosing strong in all that you do.